This is Joe Kwan, the Connection Counselor, your host on Diversity Bites, the program for everybody who understands the challenges inherent in creating a more diverse workforce. Join us as we explore the strategies and mindsets needed to transcend statistics, increase belonging, and unlock higher performance. Hello, welcome to another episode of Diversity Bites in the Car. My name is Joe Kwan, the Connection Counselor. The show is sponsored by, and much of the content is inspired by, my Everybody Thrives program, the program for organizations looking to develop the full potential and power of all their people. So today I'm gonna talk about the issue of retention, which I know is a big issue with uh, pretty much all organizations trying to diversify and be more inclusive in terms of their workforce. Um, I'm talking to or about the organizations who understand that this is important and have truly folded this into uh, the various values and purposes uh, that they have, you know, just like integrity, uh, you know, uh, environmental consciousness, all these other things uh, don't directly perhaps have to do with profit. Uh, but companies have uh, made the decision that these are parts of their values and this is how they want to operate. Uh, these are the type of people that they want to have who care about these issues. Um, so a challenge you have a lot is, and I've seen this myself, you'll have a company and they'll hire um, someone who's you know, uh, underrepresented for that sort of position or those sorts of ranks. Sometimes they may be, may be in a higher profile position and generally they have trouble holding on to that person, right? That person um, leaves after a year or two. Sometimes it's under good terms. More often than not, um, it may not be. Uh, they never really say, um, but you can kind of uh, tell sometimes or intuit um, based on how it happened and how it's announced that sometimes it wasn't always uh, you know, a mutually uh, beneficial or friendly decision. Um, and I've spoken to colleagues of mine who had left the organization, and even if they hadn't said so explicitly, uh, before they announced that they were leaving, I had had conversations with them where they, where they expressed a lot of frustration in how they were being managed, their ability to get promoted, um, how they were being treated uh, perhaps by their uh, direct manager or even the organization as a whole. And it's really unfortunate because uh, you know these individuals um, had just as much potential as anyone else in the organization uh, and they were doing a great job yet the company um, now has to fill that position with someone else and retrain them and, and incur the cost and you're just losing an amazing uh, employee. So I know organizations think about this, uh, they're struggling with this, uh, they're struggling to get people in who uh, are diverse and have sort of different backgrounds and, and different perspectives, yet a lot of times they struggle to hold on to them. Um, and then they wonder why this is happening and they have you know, additional programs to develop them and, they're, and you know, often um, another sort of parallel problem is they may not see these folks being promoted uh, at the same level as others, right? So it can be uh, very challenging for organizations to figure out what's going on and to really get the benefit of diversity. I mean, one thing I truly believe in, it's not diversity for diversity's sake. I mean, what is the point? The point is when you have different opinions, different types of people, 
and you're getting people from a broader pool, you're going to have a stronger organization. You're going to tap resources and talent that you weren't even aware of before and your organization's gonna be stronger, the culture's gonna be better, um, you know, you're gonna be more profitable, you're gonna have less risk because of this, you know, kind of broader way of looking at things. Like if you think about any sort of team, um, I'm not huge on, you know, sports analogies, but I'm just gonna use one because I'm in the car and I can't really think of anything else. But like, let's say you have a football team and you hire everyone who has the profile of a quarterback. Well, that's not really gonna be great because the quarterback's not gonna be great at defending, they may not be great at blocking, um, they may not be great at catching, they're just a whole bunch of people good at throwing, right? So you're not really gonna have a Super Bowl award-winning team if you have everyone who just wants to be a quarterback and has quarterback skills. You need to recruit and have a diversity of talent, interests, skills, experiences to have the strongest and best team. So it's no different in an organization um, and anyone who thinks that it is um, either doesn't truly understand uh, how organizations work or is somehow you know willfully uh, ignorant uh, or ignoring uh, that fact. So um, today I'd like to share one perspective uh, maybe that people aren't typically thinking in terms of retention uh, but I think can really help organizations in their journey. And that is, instead of worrying about people coming and going, think about developing them so well and promoting them so well that other organizations poach your best underrepresented professionals. To me, that's where a healthy inclusivity program is. That's where a cutting edge best practice organization is. You become known as the training ground for the best and the brightest underrepresented professionals of the future. Now, what does that mean? And maybe you're saying, well, Joe, we're already trying to do that, but it's failing because we have these great programs and we spend a lot of money, but it's not working. And what I'm here to tell you, and I've been part of these programs, is the reason why it's not working is because you're trying to put Band-Aid on a giant, giant wound, right? And the problem is you cannot take person who's in an organization where the fabric of the organization, right, perhaps not intentionally, but definitely unconsciously, the fabric of the organization is not conducive to these people advancing. So I'll give you a simple example. If you have one of these underrepresented professionals and they're put in charge of a group and people from the organization who don't know show up in a room and they find out that they're in charge, they will do a double take. They will maybe even be if someone doesn't have good emotional self-control there'll be a rolling of the eyes or even a challenge they'll be sniping sort of behind closed doors why did this person get the position and not someone who's typical or I would expect to get the position and so these are the sorts of little things and this is that's just a very simple example these are the sorts of things that keep underrepresented your underrepresented professionals from developing and thriving right so forget about the fact that they're gonna eventually leave after this sort of treatment and try to find more equitable, greener pastures or at least find the next position at another organization that'll appreciate for them, them for that. The sad thing is once they get there, they're gonna have probably the same problem trying to get to the next position. So you're actually gonna see these people perhaps moving from organization to organization because in each organization, they're not able to advance beyond the position that they're originally recruited into. That's an actual real thing that happens. So. 
I think the better way to think about it is, you know, how can you develop these folks to develop so well and to be so valued and to make such a splash that other organizations start to notice and try to recruit away your people. And this is good for two reasons. One, people are gonna to wanna to come to your organization. Your recruiting problems are gonna go away if people know that when they come to your organization, they are going to be truly developed. And how is that gonna happen? That's gonna happen by really taking a look broadly at the organization. How are they being sponsored, mentored, challenged? What are the opportunities they're getting? When they're when there are complaints, how are they being handled? Are you really taking a good hard look at the overall experience of them and not just throwing them a bone with a trip here or there and a high potential leadership training? I'm not saying do away with those, but I'm saying like that's like a band-aid, right? I'm saying that overall in the organization, if you look at the experience, all the challenges they face, all the false or biased assumptions that they have to deal with on a day to day basis that are distracting them from developing, that are keeping the right development opportunities away from them, that are robbing them of the support that, let me just be straight, that they would otherwise have if not for the way that they were perceived as an underrepresented professional, then all of a sudden you will unleash the talent and the development of the people who you've already successfully recruited, who are already there, and other organizations will want to take them away. Now, you say, well, Joe, it's not great if people take them away. I would argue it actually is great for a different reason, not just because your recruiting will be better. It will be great because they will leave with a smile on their face. They'll be like, oh my gosh, I owe so much to this organization for being different and better than any other organization I could hope to that developed me fully, even to the extent that I became so dangerous that other organizations hired me away. Think about the goodwill that engenders. Think about the additional business that may come back where if someone says, hey, what company should we use for such and such thing? I mean, how much more likely do you think they're gonna recommend your organization that they left versus if they left sour grapes and someone said, well, who should we use? Then they're not really gonna be as fond as recommending you as their former organization. So just a different way to think, to expand our minds about thinking about diversity, development, uh, retention, and you don't need to go too far. You don't need to talk to too many people that you trust to find that this is actually what's going on. If you just talk to a bunch of people who don't have this experience, who haven't experienced this, you're just gonna end up with the same tired solutions, which are a Band-Aid, which is you know an ERG and a high potential development program, which again, I think those are like table stakes, but you need to look at the overall operation, the institution of your organization, and what's really holding your people back from developing their full potential. Again, they're already there. So thanks for again for listening to Diversity Bites in the Car. If you're enjoying these episodes, uh, ask a small favor, please leave a review on the podcast platform of your choice and recommend this uh, to a friend. My name is Joe Kwan, the Connection Counselor. Remember, when it comes to the highest performance, Diversity Bites, belonging, delights. <laughs>